Welcome to the Lewis Montoya Show. This podcast is for those who seek a better life and want to become the best version of themselves. Learn to think, act, and perform like the 1% of the population who's willing to do whatever it takes to get their goals. Learn to shift your mindset, raise your dominant vibration, attract better energy, increase your finances, and attract who and what you want in life. It's time to level up your life. And now, here's your host, Louis Montoya. Welcome, guys, to the Luis Montoya Show. Today, I have a really special episode, and I have Kelsey from Light of Kels on Instagram, who's going to be joining me today, and we are going to be talking about a couple of different stuff. We're going to be talking about inner child healing, a little bit of Reiki, and more importantly, getting to know who Kelsey is. So, uh, Kelsey, say hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Luis, for, you know, bringing me and giving me the opportunity to do this. I really appreciate it. These are some really important factors for our development, our enlightenment to get closer to ourselves. And it's really a beautiful transformational journey when you really understand the process of healing and finding your spirituality, finding your truth and finding like your true identity without no lids or coverings. So I'm really excited for this opportunity. So thank you so much. No, thank you for joining me. So before we even dive into all this stuff, can you tell my audience a little bit about who you are, a little bit of your backstory so they can kind of get to know who you are? Sure. No problem. My name is Kelsey. I grew up in San Diego, California. Um, I have, I'm a single mom. I have a son that is 11 years old. Um, I'm a nurse during the day. I've been on the spiritual journey going on six years, four years practicing. I am a certified Reiki teacher master getting my PhD in uh, metaphysics and am a spiritual life coach. I've traveled all over the world with healers and teachers trying to find out who I am and really find that connection to myself again. Um, uh, My back history, I was in a very toxic marriage for 13 years. Um, You know, saw myself at the lowest depths of um, life and had to build myself back up and try to figure out why that happened. Where did that stem from? So then I started to dive really deep. And then I realized, oh my gosh, you know what? I am, I was a mistress's kid. All my siblings had their dad. I didn't. So I didn't feel that worth, that connection, that love. And so I started to try to find something out in the outside world than inside myself to fill that void. Um, So that's a little bit about myself still on this journey. I don't think we ever quit healing, quit, you know, quit growing. So, you know, it's a a beautiful um, blessing to go through the experiences that we have because it gives us the opportunity to get more in tune with ourselves. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you. Um, So I always preach about how important it is to have mentors in your life. And, you know, those of you guys who follow me on social media, you guys know that I've got mentors in practically every area in life. You know, I've got business mentors. I've got, you know, a fitness coach. I've got, you know, someone who helps me out with my faith. I've got a pastor who I can, you know, reach out to. And I consider you my spiritual mentor, you know? Uh, You always give me clarity whenever I feel stuck and I feel like I can't talk to certain people about certain things, you know, I feel like you get me and, you know, we met roughly what, like maybe two years ago? Yeah, about two years ago and since then, like you have this amazing aura, this amazing energy and from day one, like since I met you, it's always been about, um, you know, just comforting other people and like giving and it's just like such a beautiful uh, feeling that I get like every time that I'm around you and I love it. I generally say that. I generally say that, um, and you know, it's just, you make people feel comfortable and, you know, I do love the fact that you uplift people and I couldn't think of anybody else better to bring on this podcast than you. Um, well, I appreciate that so much <laughs> and it does feel good. It feels good when you can come into someone's alignment and feel raw because you know what, that's the sad thing is that we're brought into the society 
feeling like we have to be some image for other people to accept us. And that's where we lose ourselves. We lose the direction of who we truly are based on the perspectives we feel everyone else has for us. And, and we don't have that for ourselves. So my, my thing I love is I want you to bring me all your problems. I want, I want to know that you're drowning in your emotions. I want to clean that all up because like we're talking, you know, our blueprint can be changed. You know, we don't have to confine in the, the, environment that we were raised in thinking that is, you know, the foundation of our entire life. That was just a situationship. That was just a moment in our life. And we are given every single day, everybody hear me, every single day, every single moment, the opportunity to break through, have that breakthrough that has kept us imprisoned, constrained, um, in the darkness, um, in the, you know, what I call wavering of the faith. We want pure faith. We want purity. And if we can't find that, we're constantly going to be seeking it in the outside. And when you live too much in the outside world, you don't, you, you've lost yourself. You don't live, you have to live enough in yourself and then the outside world just falls into place. Definitely, definitely. I completely agree with that. And this is the whole purpose of this podcast. I want to talk on, you know, a couple of topics that are really going to help people elevate uh, to their truth. Um, this is something that you've helped me with. And, you know, a lot of these topics don't get talked about. Um, for example, like inner child healing. This is something that I've worked with you for a while now, and it's gotten so much better. It's given me clarity and it's helped me, uh, you know, progress in my life because I feel like it's held me back for such a long time. Uh, these are topics that a lot of people never really even address um, and everybody deals with it, you know, in different ways. You know, some of us, it's maybe lack of love. Um, maybe, you know, our upbringing wasn't what we expected it to be. Some people dealt with sexual abuse. Some people, um, maybe they had to grow up too fast and things like that. So I'm a firm believer that how we present ourselves to the world is a reflection of what we think we're worth and also our upbringing. You know, oh, that has a lot to do with it, you know. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit more about, like, why it's important to heal your inner child? 100%. First of all, the reason why it's not talked so much about is because people are so terrified bringing that up to the table, first of all. And it's like, you know, well, I don't want to point my finger. I don't want to do this. Or how are they going to respond? How are they going to react? You know, and everybody is doing it on an emotional level from their own upbringing. Even when we look at our parents, you know, my mom was raised on a plantation in Hawaii. Her mom had six children. My grandfather was at war, alcoholic. So there was abuse. There was, you know, burning the hands on the stove, cigarettes put out on the back. There was a lot of abuse. So that's all she knew. So then when she's growing, she's finding those same similar toxic toxic behaviors. And then all of a sudden when we, you know, she had me, I'm a byproduct in all of that chaos. And we don't know how to deal with emotion. We don't know how to deal with those experiences. We're just a little kid absorbing all of these things that we don't understand where it resonated from, where it came from. So it is extremely important to heal your inner child. And and luckily, you don't need anybody else to help you with it. You have to look with inside yourself and say, you know what? Okay, yeah, this was my foundation. Perfect example using me. Okay, I'm a mistress's kid. All right. That doesn't mean that my life was a mistake. No, that was just the way that it happened. So I had to find and heal that I am worthy. I am lovable. I wasn't a mistake. And it was, that's what it took is me going through the dark night of the souls of having life experiences where I realized that that inner child was still suffering. I was still trying to get validation. I was still trying to get acceptance. And I realized that I was actually losing myself, allowing someone else to drive my vessel. And I did lose myself. And then I realized, okay, well, where does this stem from? And it did stem from my childhood. It stemmed from watching all of these kids have their father or, you know, knowing that he had other kids that he was taking care of. Well, why isn't he taking care of me? Why am I not loved? Why am I not worthy? And then all of a sudden we're we're trying to fill these voids with things that are not healthy. They're toxic as well. So when you take the time out to actually really do your inner child work and saying, okay, well, this is a repetitive cycle. 
Why am I still doing this? Why do I feel so needy? Why do I need this love? Why? Why? And you start to unwrap all the coverings that you covered your heart with for protection because your inner child is a protective mechanism, but also it is a self-sabotager. It really is. So it's understanding we have to find the balance in both bringing and rising that child up to where we're at now. It doesn't mean that we forget where we've been or where we come from. It means that it's not blocking us or keeping us stagnant from opening up the doors to possibility and opportunity because we are not where we've been and we are not, you know, who others portrayed us to be. We're here right now. You know, it's our decision. It's to move forward and to move forward. You have to do the work. You have to heal. You have to rise yourself up. Definitely love that. Love that. Um, So one thing that I love about you is, you know, we're very much alike, obviously. We're not afraid to be vulnerable and talk about the things uh, that we've experienced. Um, Because, I mean, at least for me, I feel that if I share my testimony with someone, there's other people that are dealing with the exact same thing. And, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world where people kind of close their emotions and it everything gets bottled up and sometimes we just don't have someone to relate with us right so if we can you know maybe give a little be that light for someone it can give them some hope um and one thing that i kind of want to bring up is identity you know when we're talking about this inner child um the way that we're programmed or conditioned to think or behave act um it becomes our identity and you know we have the power to change that a lot of people don't realize that you know what happened in your past is no longer who you are like you you know you might think that's who you are but your future depends on what your identity is of yourself you know you're you gotta evaluate who you are what you want out of life and what you're worth um, you know, when we're talking about, you know, craving love or whatever it is, it's like you fill your own cup, mm-hmm. right? And this is how you get a better outcome. What's your thoughts on that? Well, it's it's completely true. When we really focus on the identity of who we are and how we want to live our life and how we want to see it, we're in fully empowerment. We're empowered beings. We're, we're feeling good. We're waking up. When we are doing what our heart is wanting to do without the justification of what if I'm doing is right or wrong, but when we're doing it because it feels good, we're saying yes to us and we're not looking, okay, well, you know what, Luis, is this a yes? Should I do it? Well, it shouldn't be based on your emotional you know, feelings towards what I'm wanting to go after. But it's so sad that we lose our identity because we're so consumed by how everybody else is going to view us that we will not take that chance. We won't do that. We won't go in that direction. Well, I don't know if I could voice myself in that way. And so when we take the time out to really get empowered, get in our core center, understand our emotions, how we're driving, is this what I feel? Is this what I want? We start to really embrace a life that is true a life that feels good. When we don't feel good, something's happening and we have to go with inside ourselves and figure out, okay, is this my truth or is this an illusion I created based on where I've been? My biggest saying is a feeling can only reside within you as long as you're giving it attention. Yeah. Okay. So if you keep on giving things that attention, well, we're energy beings, we're magnets, What you're thinking, what you're vocalizing, how you're processing, you're projecting, and that is being projected back to you. So if you want to, you, it's almost like do not pay attention to the physical aspects of the world because when you do, you're not going to be feeling empowered. You're not because you're going to be trying to keep up with everything in the outskirts, not really keeping up with yourself. But when you wake up and you're feeling all good and you're just dancing and you're feeling and you're not worrying about the world falling apart around you and what's going on over here and how's Bob Joe and, you know, Dylan doing and you're just like in your group like, hell yeah, and you're just projecting and you're learning and you're growing and you're going out and you're loving life and you're really in the tune. Even though the world could be fucking falling apart, you know, they could be over here doing that and, you know, over there. And when you're just in your zone, all of a sudden, those physical things around you are going to start to change and they're going to start to change because your energy has not wavered. And that's what I mean going forward when we're talking about wavering of the faith. We can't have wavering the faith because what is happening is you're going, yeah, I want this love. I want this love. I want this love. And all of a sudden you're like, hell yeah, okay, I'm going to do my hair. You know, the girls go get their nails done. The men go get that good ass cologne, that haircut. You know, we're feeling good. We're looking good. We're taking our selfies and we're going out there. And then all of a sudden we go out there and 
maybe that girl walked past you and she didn't even give you two seconds of her time. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, what am I doing? I'm not worthy of this. No one's going to love me. And all of a sudden you went from full blast faith in yourself to then all of a sudden the wavering moment of taking yourself back to feeling like nothing. So you're telling God in the universe, you know what? You don't know what you want based on, you know, everything that's happening and you're not trying to see that identity with inside yourself of just feeling magnetic, feeling good, regardless of what the outside is looking like. It's really about literally being one with yourself. Yeah. Love that. Love that. You know, I always talk about that and I actually been talking about that lately, how, um, you know, your energy attracts what you want in life and who you want in life. And it starts with you. It's your confidence, what you believe, not what other people see or believe because they will see and believe what you believe. And, you know, I think it's amazing that people can actually feel how you feel inside. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, you know, don't realize that, you know, and this is where confidence comes into play. You know, uh, we always see this with an attractive person, you know, they look amazing outside, but deep inside they are dealing with issues. And sooner or later, people feel that, you know, people retract or they just pull away from these individuals because of how they feel. And, you know, this is why I always say how you start your day is how your day will follow. So I try to start my day, you know, with positivity and affirmations and telling myself that I'm a badass motherfucker, you know, (laughs) that I'm attractive, that freaking, you know, money comes easy to me, that I am worthy, that I am loved and people, you know, um, they gravitate to my energy. And, you know, it comes to a point where like, even like with affirmations, I've realized that, you know, it's not just saying it, like I do it in front of the mirror and I look at myself and almost like my third eye. So that way I can connect into my soul and now I'm believing it, you know? And it's just one of those things where like, you just, I know a lot of people will hear about affirmations, the law of attraction and all this stuff. I'm a firm believer that all that stuff is real and it works. And my life is a reflection of that. But people give up so fast um, and, you know, they think it's just like a one-time thing. No, this is conditioning. You're conditioning your mind. You're conditioning your identity, you know, to become this person. And it's one of those things where like, if you think back to your childhood, let's just say someone, you know, grew up in a really bad environment, you know, you hear people telling you that you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit every single day. Let's say you had an abusive parent or boyfriend or whatever it is. And you start believing that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it comes to the point where like, that's what life mirrors back to you. Right. right? But if you say, Hey, no, fuck that. You know, I am fucking amazing. I have so much to offer and I'm a very loving person. You truly believe that, you start conditioning and reinventing yourself, right? And I think the last uh, part of that is, you know, believing it, truly believing, having faith that this is who you are. Because right. it's not a one-time fix. It's just like nutrition. You know, you can't just eat a salad and think you're going to lose 10 pounds and be all skinny, right? right? It's conditioning. But um, I do want to kind of talk a little bit more deeply about like inner child healing. And I'm going to use a little bit of my example of like what I've dealt with. And, you know, you can obviously, uh, if you feel like you want to kind of... One thing I will say before you start that is uh, when I traveled throughout Thailand, one of uh, um, the monks that I encountered stated every single morning you need to de-weed your mind of the things that you've allowed to be planted there that don't serve your greatest good. Because we encounter hundreds of people, regardless if it's through media, in person, through the phone, in multiple different just passings. And, you know, some people could give great, great wisdom, great things to be planted, and we can harvest that, we can grow, but we can also see people's fears or, you know, worries or doubts or illusions and take what they have given us and start to allow that to taint the garden that we've already planted. And then all of a sudden we have a mixture of weeds and flowers. So every morning, you know, we have to give ourselves the opportunity to de-weed. Well, you know what? I heard this. This is not true. I'm not going to put on these clothes. You know, you staring at the mirror is a great tool to use because when you sit there and you look at the mirror and you're looking straight into your eyes, you're diving down to the deepest depths of your soul. Okay. It's called soul diving. And when you really do that, you will actually start to see the issues that you actually need to fix Mm -hmm. because they'll start to come to the surface. Another thing, my best, best thing is, is when you go to sleep at night, um, even if you are laying next to a partner or even a child, 
you are with yourself. And if you lay your head on that pillow and something's not okay, you need to dive with inside yourself and say, where does this stem? Where did this come from? Because what's sad is we don't do that. We'll just go to bread. We don't get you know the, the rest that we need because our, our mind is consumed. You know, we're restless. So, you know, it is really, really important to de-weed our mind from the things that we know are not a reflection of our truth. Remember, nothing is true until it's true in your heart. The key to acceptance is the reality of your own truth, not the reality of others. You know, and that came through. We'll talk about that a little bit later. You know, just how to, yeah. just how to, you know, do that jab real quick. <laughs> just do that jab. That uh, obviously, you know, that kind of leads into like detachment, and you know, this is like the formula. And we're gonna obviously talk a little bit more about that. But um, I think, you know, even like myself, you know, I'm on this like life journey, and like I've got all these goals that I want to accomplish. And for such a long time, I thought to myself, if I just have this, if I just add this, if I just have this person or have this opportunity, I am going to be happy. And not realizing that it's not what I add is sometimes it's what I let go of. Right. You know, let yeah. go of the old version of me. Right. I'm no longer that person. I remember you told me that once, mm-hmm. you know, you have to think, you're, you have to look back and be like, I'm no longer this person. You evolved. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of us, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of us don't realize that or even, even take the time to realize that you know sometimes it's just detaching yourself from your old identity or the stuff that just doesn't serve your purpose and nothing is a failure everything has given you the opportunity to dive deeper into yourself to realize who you are and like i said i feel that's what our purpose is about is to actually find fulfillment in being yourself and not needing anybody else's validation to know, you know what, you're good enough or you're not good enough. You know what, if you can look in the mirror and you love your life wholeheartedly and you're waking up happy, you're fucking winning. You're winning. Yeah. Because even the most richest people in the world sometimes that have every single part of their life in line are miserable. They don't have what they want. They're still lacking because they think those things are going to fulfill some void that they have. And it's really sad that it doesn't. If you could just be in a home where love is the foundation of your walls and that you see life in a, in a awe, like, Oh God, what is it going to give me today? What am I going to grasp for? Even if it's good or bad, there's Dharma in every single experience that we go through. And that's why childhood healing is so important. Because when we understand that everything that we've endured and what we've been through has given these experiences for us to understand what we don't want. You grew up in a very low home, right? Um, uh, uh, You know, parents had to work all the time. What did that set you? Well, I don't want to work as hard as my parents do. So I'm going to really strive my life into this way. You got empowerment out of that, even though we still have some inner child healing to do, Mm -hmm. you know, but you could use that. People don't see their little successes because they're waiting on some end destination. Like once, once I'm married, once I, I'm married, I'll have it all. Well, no, because once you're married, now you want kids. Once you have kids, you want your kids to be out of the damn house. Once your kids are out of the damn house, now you're like, what am I going to do? So our goals in life, what we're wanting to endure changes constantly. What we wanted yesterday is not what we want tomorrow, but how you're living today is setting you up for definitely the day to follow, you know, fulfillment. I always say fulfillment is the real bag. (laughs) It really is because without it, I mean, like you can't be happy. I mean, you can be happy, but just like, you know, being happy, I think it's an emotional state. It comes and goes. Right. But what's happiness? Well, here's where I want to get to. Right. A lot of people think that if I have this, it's going to make me happy. Right. Right. If you get this new, uh, new shoes, you might be happy. If you get this new home, you might be happy or whatever it is. Right. But just like a new car, that happiness slowly fades off. Right. Now you're like, ah, I need another car or whatever it is. Or you just don't treat the car like you did when it was brand new. When it was brand new, you're getting details and all that <laughs> stuff. It was super clean. Right. Again, for me, happiness is fulfillment. That's what it is, right? And you can have all these things that you think you need in life, but if you're not fulfilled, you're never going to be happy. And this is something that I've learned about myself. And you've, you know, preached that to me. Right. And you don't need a lot to be fulfilled. It's just 
enjoying, right. embracing. Right. And I also feel that happiness is a decision that you allow yourself to have yeah. because you can literally be so happy and people around you, well, why are you so happy? Well, why not? Why do I want to be in misery? Why do I want to be in my past? Why do I want to be in my pain? Why do I want to be in that sorrow? Why do I want to do this? And that's why energy and the alignment, you know how they say, wrap yourself around successful people and you'll end up being successful. Wrap yourself around toxic people, you will end up being toxic. Thanks. You know, it is completely true. But happiness, I think, is something that you allow yourself to have because I'm going to tell you the reason why. It's just like love. I could sit here, Louise, and I could love you with all my heart. And don't worry, I do. I really do. But I could sit here and love you. I can show you I love you. I could show up for you. I could be there whenever you need me to be there. I can, you know, soothe you. I could do all those things. But if you don't allow yourself to feel that, you're not going to feel loved. Just like if I try to, you know, make you happy, you know, bring you breakfast, you know, at the gym and be like, hey, what's up, Louise? I brought you some, you know, bagels or, you know, just shoot you a text. Hey, you know, da, 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 you know, hope you're having a great day. You're not going to allow yourself to feel happy with that unless if you're allowing yourself to feel it. So I think we block our own happiness. We block our own love. We block all these things because we're looking at from outside sources. It's something that you just make a clear, conscious decision to do so. Just like child healing. Mm -hmm. We endured it. We went through it. Can you change it? No, it's already happened. Can you utilize it to give you momentum to move forward? 100%. But if you don't take those experiences and understand that, you know what, that was then, this is now, I could be, I can allow myself to be happy. That's why I'm saying feelings, it's, it sucks. If it sucks that we are not taught what feelings are, how they work, how we can let them go. But it's just like giving yourself the clear conscious decision. You know what? My upbringing wasn't the best, but I am now an adult and I create the life that I want to live. And where I've been is not where I'm going and who states that I'm this or that is not who I am. You identify yourself. Put on, my biggest thing, put on your own damn clothes. Stop waiting for someone else to dress you. Don't wait for someone else to dress you. Put on your own clothes. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. So um, I want to share a little bit about like my inner child healing journey. Um, so as some of you guys know, I came from a, you know, a very humble upbringing. My parents uh, brought me here at the age of two. Uh, we're an immigrant family. My parents did everything in their power to give me the best life possible. And, um, you know, they were always working, sometimes two jobs, sometimes three jobs. It got to the point where, like, you know, I was raising my baby sister and I was only six, seven years old i didn't even know what to do with a baby you know and it's one of those things where they're like hey we have to go to work take care of your sisters uh, my brother would leave and sometimes it would just be me and my two sisters you know um so i kind of had to be mom dad and brother at the same time and it was very hard on me um you know just learning all that stuff uh you know i was raised around you know the neighborhood that i grew up in it was one of those things where like all i saw was you know gangs drugs and jail time so for me growing up i honestly didn't think i was gonna make it past 21 i thought to myself i'm either gonna join a gang or i'm gonna go to jail or i'm gonna die one of one of those right i smoked weed at the age of eight um got my first tattoo at 10 uh drank my first beer around that same time got into a lot of trouble um you know back and forth but that was just the normal you know, I grew up in a neighborhood where, like, I still remember seeing drive-bys in plain daylight. There was people, you know, shooting up heroin uh, in their garages in plain daylight. Like, no Fs given. You know, that's the type of environment that I grew up in. And I don't blame my parents for that because, again, they did the best that they could. But for such a long time, I resented some of my upbringing. And a lot of it was just, you know, the relationship that I had with my father and my mother as well. Um, It was one of those things where, like, I always... I never really got the love that I felt like I deserved. I never really heard them say, I love you or I'm proud of you, regardless of what it is that I did, you know? Growing up, um, my dad was our soccer coach. And again, my parents are amazing people. And a lot of it has to do with maybe their upbringing, you know? They just uh, didn't know how to show that type of love. But my 
my father was our soccer coach and we had the best uh, soccer team in our league. And it was one of those things where like everybody in the team was like all stars. Right. So I was always like working to be the best player there. And there would be times where like I would score, you know, the winning goals or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to hear it today, you know. And my dad would like huddle us and be like, all right, guys, you know, you guys did an amazing job out there. You know, I'm so proud of you, every single one of you guys. And I'm just like waiting for it and like waiting for him to say like, good job, Luis. You know, thanks to you. We won the game or whatever never got that um yeah so everything that i tried to do in life you know it was one of those things where like i also you know growing up with my brother my brother's an amazing person you know it's just uh, he's one year apart from me he's the older son so i always felt like my father favored him and it was just a little bit of a semi i was my dad would always be like oh no you're too young to do this no you you can't do this so it's always like i felt like he was neglecting me from love um and again every sport anything that i tried to set my mind to thinking if i just achieve this then maybe i'll hear those words you know i never did i never got that from my dad never got that from my mother and you know growing up i it always hurt me i always always kind of think to myself like why like why is it like this like what's wrong with me right and just recently you know i am what um 36 years old I'm 36 years old and um, what was it? A few months ago, I confronted him about it. You know, I brought it up. I was like, you know what? I got to find out because this is really bothering me. You know, I brought it up to a conversation. Um, you know, we had a two hour argument and I was trying to make him understand like how I felt about the situation. And they were just like, oh, we gave you everything. And it was just kind of like pointing fingers. It kind of turned into a very toxic uh, conversation. And I was thinking to myself, wow, we've been arguing for two hours and yet I still haven't heard those words that I'm like waiting for, you know? And it was one of those things where, like, um, for me, like, what my childhood, my upbringing did for me, it's, like, one, it taught me entrepreneurship because my dad did teach me that from the start. Um, It taught me to be a go-getter, to, you know, just be a hard worker and, more importantly, just to be the best version of myself. But even though I never had that support of someone telling me that I can do things, I kind of developed that for myself. But the downside to that was, you know, I was always seeking approval from people. Right. And I remember uh, when I first met you, like one of the first things that I do remember you saying was like, man, like I see you doing so many big things. You're freaking crushing it and this and that. You're no longer that person. Like, um, I don't know if you've realized this, but you're a fucking amazing guy. And it's almost like you're so focused on trying to prove it to the world that the world already knows how fucking amazing you are and you just need to let go of that and I always felt like I had a chip on my shoulder I had to like you know seek approval from people seek approval from you know women and that was always like a cycle you like for me it was always kind of like you know if I can just find like the prettiest girl to you know uh someone who I thought was out of my league which there's no such thing as a league but you know (laughs) It's like if I can just find the prettiest, prettiest girl and have her like fall in love with me and just tell me that she loves me or, you know, just sleep with her or whatever it was, you know, find that type of comfort. It would like make me feel whole, happy, right. you know, complete. Right. And it was one of those things where like as soon as I had that happen to me, like I would just I would be like, OK, well, that's done. On to the next. You know, and it was just like a cycle. <laughs> nothing was fixed. Exactly. Nothing was right. fixed. And I would always like look for another girl. And it was just one of those things where like. You know, it was just, I, I noticed a cycle. And it I, was repetitive. I, it was repetitive. Yeah. And I was, you know, I always say that I, I want a family. I want to start, you know, a foundation and things like that. And I realized that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm creating like a resistance by doing this because I say that I want one thing, but I'm doing something else, right? right. It's wavering of exactly. the faith again. Yeah. And yeah. it was one of those things where like I had a conversation with my brother and like some some like, you know, some like my married friends. And I'm like, hey, do you guys ever stop thinking about this? Like when you guys are married, do you still look at women? Like, how does this work? I feel like I can't stop. Like, I can't focus on one. Like, what's the issue? Like, what's wrong with me? Right. And they're like, no, it's part of it. But man, when you make a commitment to someone, you got to stick with it. It's a bond. Well, not only that, it's just when you, when you actually feel in that alignment where you, the person that you're with, you're not needing that confirmation and that validation and you feel safe you're just, you're, you're, you're not worried anymore. Exactly. It, it's like, it just, because, and it, to get there, it's keep on working on yourself. Yeah. It really is. You know, I was single six years after my divorce. I dated mm-hmm. and went and, you know, tried, but I kept on seeing the same red flags. Why does this keep on happening? Why does this keep on? I was too available. I was the one always reaching out. I was trying to make all the dates. 
I was the one like ready for commitment and everybody else was, and I was just doing the same repetitive things. And I was like, you know what? Forget this. I reached out to my mentor, um, my spiritual teacher. And I was like, I, I'm still doing this. And she goes, Kelsey, well, why can't you look in the mirror and see that you're lovable? And that was extremely hard for me to do. You know, I looked at, I was married to a man that told me constantly that no one was going to love me except him that, you know, look at your dad didn't even love you. Look, you you know, all these things. And I had friends that abused our friendships that just took advantage of me. And I'm a giver. I'm a huge giver, a big people pleaser, which is a beautiful thing, but it's also very bad as well. You have to find the reciprocated energy balance between give and receive. You know, and that's very important because very important that you said earlier, you have to fill up your cup first. If you don't fill up your cup first and you're filling up everybody else's cup and nothing's coming back, you're going to be drained, tired, fatigued, and not feeling like you deserve or you're worth anything. And that's why taking the time out to feel empowered, feel happy, feel loved, feel accepted, work through your childhood healing and say, okay, well, you know what? Be Regardless if I'm a mistress's kid or not, I am loved. I have a purpose because God gave me life, meaning I have a reason here and I'm still breathing, meaning I'm given the opportunity to keep on pushing forward, staying in my courageous energy, looking at the enlightenment of the where I've been, because we have to bring light to our darkness. That's the most beautiful part of ourselves is the, di- the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. But you have to dive in it, which people are so afraid to because they don't want to feel those feelings that they did. But you have to feel those feelings to understand them. And when you understand them, then they're released. They don't own you no more. Definitely. And that's very important. Mm-hmm. Very important. No, I agree. I agree. So I started kind of pinpointing everything uh, back to my childhood. I was thinking to myself, well, why is this happening in my life? This is not who I am. And I started kind of analyzing all this uh, you know, behavior. And I came to realize that, you know what? The reason that I'm always seeking approval from people, from women, from opportunities or whatever it is, it's like once I get it, I move on to the next thing. And it's just like I no longer have that same emotion. I started thinking to myself, okay, so it's a sentence. I'm seeking approval, a sentence, and love. And that's the things that I felt like I never got from my childhood. Right. But you're also, like you said, you're, you'll move. Once that person gives it to you, you're trying to look for it from the next person because it's never going to be filled because it's not from the people that your inner child needed it from at that moment. And that's where it comes to the point where you could have sat down with your parents like you did and tried. Did it work? No, they were resistance because it was forced. You know, but when you work on your own inner child, like I said, you don't need anybody to heal from the traumas that you've been through. You need yourself. And regardless if you were in the wrong or they were in the wrong or if it was mutual, whatever. But you have to see it raw. You have to look at it from a third party perspective, looking down in your life in that instant and be like, okay, well, oh my God, dang. Well, my mom was going through that. My, my stepdad left, you know, she then had to take in, you start to really see what happened and you realize that you were just the byproduct of an environment. Just like, you know, unfortunately, yeah, me and you have the same story. I raised my little brother. My mom had four kids, um, with four different men and, you know, she worked constantly. I, my older sister raised me. I raised my baby brother. I grew up too fast. I went to high school one day a week. I didn't get to go to, you know, graduation. Uh, what is that night? Uh, you know, proms, all those. I didn't get to do that. And, and I feel that was taken from me. I didn't get to go to college right when I got out of high school. Like my, you know, sister did on my dad's side. I didn't get all of those handed things too. And you start to really like, question like what yourself and and that's what's sad is we shouldn't you know every single thing that we've been through good or bad has given us so much beauty because it's taught us what we do want it's teaching us to set those boundaries to go after what we want to show that we're not limited and to show that you know what that doesn't justify you know if i'm lovable or not lovable it's their loss Definitely. You know, it's, and just like the higher say, and when I mean higher, you know, I work with the divine spiritual council and team and, and they say literally your children do not need you, but you need your children. And unfortunately, whatever our parents missed, you know, and could have done better, you know, maybe your dad didn't, was told I love you or, you know, all those things where he didn't imply that in you. He could have because he probably lacked that. He probably wished he had that. And when now he's conditioned, 
it's all he knows, you know, it's yeah, it's, that's, that's what it is. And, and it's really sad. That's why it's so important to work on it. It's so hard guys. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. It's not easy, but it's possible. And that's what I love. It is so possible when you do the inner work. What do you mean, Kelsey? Well, sit down. What do you keep on cycling? Why do you keep on getting in toxic behavior relationships? Why do you keep on meeting unemotionally available people? Why do you keep on doing this? Well, shit, I don't know. Maybe I got some unemotionally unavailable parts of myself that are still not available yet because I haven't worked through those troubling moments of not realizing that love needs to be given to yourself. You don't need to wait for anybody else to give it to you because God gave you life, meaning you are love. You are that. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? That was actually my next topic that I wanted to transition into, giving these people, you know, our audience, a formula on how to heal themselves. So, like, for me, when I came to you with my issues, um, the first thing that you told me was, like, hey, first of all, you need to understand that maybe your father never got that type of love. So, you know, come to acceptance. Two, you don't need him to say, I love you, for you to feel like you're loved. That comes from you. You fill your own cup, right? And... You brought up the whole inner child thing. And I remember I was like, inner child, like, you know, and you're like, you need to do some inner child healing. And I'm like, how do I even do that? Like, what's that? <laughs> you're like, Luis, you're like, what well, you need to do is um, one thing that you told me that helped me out a lot was and gave me comfort. You were like, hey, whenever you're alone, like just with yourself, your thoughts, like, you know, hug your stomach, your core and start talking to that 10 year old. Luis, yeah. and be like, you know what, Luis, I understand we didn't get the love that we deserve, um, but I want to tell you that I love you, right. that I'm proud of you, right. and that no matter what happens in life, I'm going to be with you, right. and you're never going to be alone. And as soon as I did that, I swear it started shifting. Everything yeah. started shifting. You know? It's very important. Yeah. And I think that's when like my spiritual awakening started happening, and I was like, you know what, I, I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Right. I started shifting the way I talk about myself or, you know, what I'm doing. It was no longer about like showing my accomplishments. It was just like, hey, this is what I accomplished and this is how I can change your life. Now look at what I accomplished. Right. Right. And like, you know, I started doing um, the inner work, like think to myself, okay, well, you know, if if I'm lacking love, it's because I don't love myself. Right. Right. So how, how do I, you know, how do I fix that? Also, I don't know how to be alone. Okay. So how do we fix that? And one thing that I've do, and I've talked, you know, on my Instagram about it is like, I date myself. Like on the weekend, I either pick a Saturday or Sunday and literally spend the whole day with myself. I go out to breakfast by myself, enjoy it, really take in the time of like enjoying and acting from a place of love, you know? And that's so good. Cause I remember when I was, I was married Um, I had such a hard time, you know, he was, uh, sent to Mexico and he had to spend some time over there and I literally could not find myself to go to restaurants Mm -hmm. or do any of this because I felt like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm not (laughs) like, no one loves me. No one likes me. I'm not important. And it's really sad that we view that like, oh, I can't go eat. I'd go get fast food or I would go ask my brother like, Hey, like, Hey, can you go to the movies with me? You know, and and then when I did get divorced and I did start to find myself, dude, I went to the movies by myself. I love that shit by myself, popcorn, my own slurpee that no one could take from me. You know, and I started to really enjoy my own presence because when you enjoy your own presence and you love the life you live and you wake up and you feel fulfilled by you know just your being, like where you're at, Mm -hmm. it is such a beautiful. uh, it's such a beautiful feeling because what happens is then anybody that enters your life is a bonus. Yeah. It's not the reason they're not filling up my cup. My cup's filled, but now you're over drowning my cup, which I love Mm -hmm. because now I have more, I have more meaning now I could pour out to others. But if your cup is filled Uh, not filled. If your cup is empty and you're trying to, you know, give and give and give and give you're, you're dry, you're drowning, you're, you're lost. But when you're literally filled and you're feeling good and people are coming into your life, giving you, you know, the bonus effect I call, you're just flourishing now. It's a beautiful place in life to be. Um, And, you know, it it is uncomfortable at first because I remember when I first started doing it, like for me, like I'm a foodie. I love like steakhouses and stuff like that. There would be times where like I would go and, you know, order then, you know, the the waitress would be like, oh, um, are you waiting for someone? I'd be like, no, it's just me. (laughs) And I would order all this food and they would be like, 
like, damn, like what's going on here, you know? And I would just like enjoy it. I would get dessert. I would go out to like walks at the beach and check out the sunset. Things that I would do with a partner, I started doing them with myself. And right. you know what? When you actually take the time to really enjoy it and be present in the moment, it becomes such a beautiful healing process. Yeah. And that's what it is. You know, it's like I realized that I make myself happy. I don't need to hear it from someone else. And more importantly, I think uh, a lot of the neediness comes from not learning to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. And right. it's one of those things where like now I like I live alone and, you know, in a big old freaking house and like I'm OK with it. Like it's just I sometimes I'd rather be alone than be with people, you know. It's yeah. Just, because you know? that's just what you're yeah. in right now. And, it, and you, uh-huh. when you learn to accept it and you embrace it and you feel it and you stay open to receive, then life will start to keep on matching you. Exactly. But it's when you're trying to suffocate when you're trying to control, when you're trying to manipulate the outside world to match what you're needing internally, you'll never get there. Everything will keep on crumbling. So, you know, inner child healing is a must. It's really sad because I, I come in contact with, you know, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s that are angry, that are mean. Gosh, I deal with some really grumpy ass old men sometimes. And I'm like, dude, like, where is this coming from? What's going on? And then you take it back and yep, it goes all the way back to their childhood work. And when I tell them like, okay, well, yeah, you're 67 years old, but now we're going to have to go back to when you're 12. They're like, well, what do you mean? Well, you're carrying that to your present moment. You have not allowed that feeling to release out of your emotional center. You're carrying it and you're expecting it. It's just like, okay, well, I was, I did this for a while. I was in a toxic marriage, bad. I fucking put that in my course so that I was just waiting. I got into every single new dating little, you know, moment I had. All right, I really like this, but when is he going to leave? He's going to choose someone else because every guy, my dad chose another woman. My, you know, ex-husband chose other women. Like, so I was every, I was bringing my toxicity, my fear, my past, my childhood experiences, watching all the men my mom got with, um, all leave her. So it was a pattern. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on here? And I started to really work through my childhood. That's not, that's what I was raised in, but that's not who I am. I don't need to identify myself with that. That was just a moment, but that moment can really reside within you as long as you allow it to, when you're giving it power, when you're giving it, um, you know, thought, when you're giving it energy and you then feel like you're in a spiraling circle that never changes. But when you start to do the work, when you start to tune into yourself, when you start to realize where the patterns are, what, you know, you keep song coming. It's almost like, what are your triggers? Give me your triggers because that's where the problems reside. That's where, what triggers you? And you, then you have to understand, well, who's encountering my life? What are they bringing up to the surface for my, me to look at? You know, so that's why interactions and connections are very important to you because they're actually helping you become more raw and authentic, even though it's hard, right? We go through relationships where we're bringing all these things and we're like, what the hell is happening? And we can get stuck in toxic behaviors that last long. Or then when we start to love ourselves, we start to catch those red flags real quickly. Like, nope, nope, nope. Uh uh-uh like you did very proud but it takes work doesn't it it's fucking hard it's it's not easy it's difficult but you know what it's a growth process and what the beautiful thing about all this that i've learned for myself is like once you start tapping into one thing you start seeing things completely in a different uh state of mind and you start pinpointing other areas that you need work it's almost like you need to become raw with yourself and you know what the most scariest thing is is actually becoming raw with you yeah, and, sure. and so because you have to take out the mask, that is the hardest. But word. it is you have to identify with that, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know. And it, it, I can find myself, you know, for the people that you know go on. My, you saw my life today. Mm-hmm. Was I bawling? Yeah. I was oh, crying yeah. like a baby Definitely. because I saw where it stemmed from. Yeah. And when you start to really see that, it hurts because now you're an awakened person. You know, you're seeing this and you're trying to grow. It just shows you that you just have to keep on getting through that growth, that growth spot. And it's hard. You have to take off your mask to actually see. It's like my teacher said, stop wearing those rose heart glasses, Mm -hmm. take them off and see life as raw as it truly is. And you know what? That comes with a lot of uh, conditioning that we have with the media, with social acceptance. We have to look a certain way. We have to feel a certain way or pretend 
to be someone for someone to be likable or whatever it is, you know? And I, there's this image that I posted on my social media once where it was a man who was faceless and he literally had five different masks, like in a, you know, like hung up. Right. And it was one of those things where like, Oh, he was going to choose it. I saw that. He was going to choose a different one on one day. You know, he actually took it off. Like I'm finally. Oh yeah. And hang it. Got it. I'm finally going to with myself. Oh, that connected with me so much that I literally started looking at my life and I was like, why do I have to pretend to be someone to be likable? People like me for who I am, not for who I pretend to be. Right. Right. And it was, it goes back to like how you told me, you're like, the world already knows what a fucking amazing person you, you need are. to you need to yeah and it was just you know when you have to you have to come into acceptance with that it's a clear conscious decision and people are like kelsey it's not that it's not easy well no of course it's not easy but it's it's getting in control of your inner child your inner child is loud it could show you everything you've been through. It likes to cuss at you. It likes to tell you all these things. And you're sitting there drowning. And you're wondering what's going on. And it's just, you know, it's a protective mechanism. It's just like when you're in a bad, horrible car wreck, you don't remember how it happened, but you're safe. Yeah. It, because what, if you re- remembered, would you ever get into a car again? It would take, it'd be really hard if you right. fully grasp the understandings. So it's a protective mechanism, just like the inner child is a protective mechanism. But it's also, like I said, a self-sabotager. So you have to t- look at it and say, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, this is to be true, but this is not true for me now. And as you have got to, you know what? Come on, Kelsey. Yes, I understand that. Yep, we've been through that. Y'all, yep, I understand that too. But come on, girl, we can't let this open that damn door, Kelsey. Open that door, Kelsey. And you know, it's like you have to like speak it into you because your inner child can fear you from taking those doors that you need to open. What I say is, you know what? Inner child, yes, work through it 100%, most important, get through it. But you know what? When your inner child is getting louder, I want you to get louder. I want you to get louder. And how you can identify what you're meant to do is you have two voices in your head. And remember, I told you this before. You have the inner child voice that is disrespectful. It's rude. It will show you what everybody has done to you, what you've lacked, what you didn't receive. It will cuss at you. It will be demeaning. It will be like, nah, don't do that, Luis. Remember what, you know, remember what happened when you allowed them to borrow that money? You never saw that. Don't do that. And then you have that good voice. The one that says, you know what, Louise, take a step back. You're okay. Breathe, relax. Everything's going to be fine. Why don't you look at it this way? Now, Louise, come on, you know. You know you are loved. You know you're accepted. That very tender, loving voice that will show all the opportunities. You know, when I told you and everybody that voice Yes, you hear it in your own voice, of course. Because if you were to hear my voice in your head and you don't know me, you'd be like, oh my God, I'm going crazy. Oh, because we're conditioned to know, you know, if you start to hear voices in your head, you are per down insane. You know, you're calling a 5150 right now. Luis Montoya is here at, you know, 552, you know. So it's just like, we have to understand, no, the reason why God gives it into our own voice is because he doesn't want us to get lost in the, what I call man-made perception of truth, our own internal. So that good voice, y'all, that y'all hear when you're all out of control and you're stuck and you're in that fear base, listen to that sweet voice because that is the higher, that is your angelical team, that is that that part and that connection to our crown chakra, that connection to God, the connection to yes. spirit. And when you listen to that, when you listen to that sweet voice, even though you might be terrified, I want to go grab my door right now. Like even though you don't want to listen to it and when it's telling you to open it, Your biggest blessings reside on the other door of fear. And your child, your inner child will keep you fear-based by where you've been because you haven't allowed yourself to let go of the feelings that you had months ago, years ago, decades ago. You have to allow yourself to say, yes, that's where I've been, but that's not where I'm at now. So don't allow where I've been to control me in this present moment because that's going to control you moving forward. And it's really important. That's why, you know, inner child work uh, is very important. But self-realization, you know, self-acceptance, self-love, self, you know, improvements, reading, taking the time out. You know, I take the time out to read, to, you know, do everything that I need to. And it's, you have to set those those times out for yourself to work on you, to, you know, go get, you know, your massage, go get your nails done, take out some time, get your feet into some dirt, connect, connect to yourself, you know, tune in get some sound healing, get some Reiki, you know, 
it, it's a God, I could go on forever. It's just, there's so many tools, Definitely. but you have to be willing to want to do it. No change. Can't change nobody, yeah. but you can change yourself. That's don't, it. don't sit there trying to wait for someone else to change. Cause you know what? You will be miserable. That will never freaking happen. Don't y'all out there. Do not wait for that shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, do not wait for someone to change. You do what you need to do to align your life and what feels good and what your heart feels happy about and do not dummy yourself down. All right. And if you could see my facial expressions right now, you'd understand, you know, really serious. Do not dummy yourself. You know what? Me and Luis are up here. All right. And y'all up here too. We ain't going to dummy ourselves down for people that don't see that shit. Cause why are we going to go a hundred steps backwards when we just climbed a thousand? You know, it's like, we have to stay focused. Y'all, you know, uh-uh, rest, no, don't try to justify their reasoning. Don't try to, Luis, let me just put your shoes on. Oh, I get it now. Hell no, that's not how it works. You need to rise people up to where you're at, not dummy somewhere where you've already grown and what you've already learned through. And look at my house just got so bright. (laughs) (laughs) The masculine sun energy is coming in to prevail, being courageous, taking that step, being that king's energy. Love it. Man, that energy. I love love that energy. (laughs) All right. So um, let's kind of recap for some of these people, obviously, because some of this stuff is new for a lot of people. Oh, 100. And, you know, some of the people that I've actually been listening to my podcast, like, you know, mindset, um, you know, just uh, energy shifting, raising your vibration, all that stuff is foreign to them, like it was for myself, right? So so, so sometimes it's really good to kind of break this down. So we're talking about inner child healing. Um, The effects that this has is obviously in how you're presenting yourself to the world right now and relationships and projection, projection, whatever it is that you feel you're worth. Acceptance. Acceptance and all that stuff, right? So how do we fix all that? We go back to, you know, the core of yeah. where it happened, right. right? For me, it was my childhood. Right. It might be slightly different for other people. Yeah, it could have been yeah. a bad relationship. Exactly. One, you know, exactly. a divorce. A divorce yeah. that made you, you know, maybe someone cheated on you and now you just don't believe in love anymore, right. right? You need to find what that core is to be able to get a different, to, you know, come into acceptance. Right, and, find that trigger. Exactly. Yeah, that right. literally is in the core emotional center of your truth, yeah. And then the next step is obviously the healing process, mm-hmm. right? The work. Right, whatever the the core of it is, you gotta analyze it and be like, how can I fix this? For yeah. me, it was, you know, obviously, you know, dating myself, uh, you know, not being needy and learning who I was. And more importantly, I think like the biggest uh outcome that you can get out of this is realizing your self-worth. Yeah. Well, one hundred percent. That is the most important thing is to realize that you are lovable, valuable, and worthy. Exactly. That and is- that is the I feel like that is if you got that down, if you love thyself, well, no one can take that from you. Just like perfect example, I'm in a beautiful relationship, head over heels, don't see any other person in my way. My mind's not wandering. I'm fully embraced. I feel empowered. I I feel so safe. I feel so secure. I feel so loved. I feel so wanted. I feel all those things, but that is an enhancement to what I have already worked through. And that's beautiful because that means that if let's just knocking on wood, everybody, because <laughs> I'm using myself as an example, if that were to not work out, I know that if he were to leave, yeah, of course I would cry, it would hurt, but I know that I could still be happy because I was happy before that, that encounter happened. And when you find that sense, when you find that stability that, you know what, anything comes and goes, we have to learn Disattachment, like you oh said. Oh my god, I wrote that down right here. That was the did you detachment? Yes, right. Dis- oh, I, didn't. Like, I can't I, see, I, I don't got my glasses on. Worth and detachment. So, we have to not be attached. It's almost be it's like we have to embrace it as that moment. If it stays beautiful, if it doesn't, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It really is okay. But it's so sad that our inner child will make us feel like we're losing again because we haven't done the work. We haven't mm-hmm. healed. We haven't let go. So we have to be open for everything to come and flow as it is attaching ourselves to nothing. Cause the real reason is what Louise, you have a badass uh, motorcycle. Love it. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you get to take that with you? Nope. No. 
So don't be attached to it, but people are attached to their possessions. Unfortunately, you know, that's a whole different subject on a whole different day, but you can be wandering on earth because you're so consumed Mm -hmm. by your materialistic possessions. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have a hard time transcending to the light when they have crossed over because all they knew was their things. That's why you don't be attached. If you have a wonderful motorcycle, enjoy it. Love it. Does it mean you're going to have it forever? No. It doesn't. Someone could steal it from you. Mm -hmm. You you could, you know, sell it. You could do all these things. But when you're not attached to everything but open to everything, it's a beautiful factor. And you know what? It's not just material stuff. It's anything in life because it can be Oh, it could be a relationship, 100%. You know, I always say, you know, love it, uh, nourish it, and enjoy it. Just like I said. Because you don't know if it's going to be around tomorrow. Right. Leave or something can happen. You know, God forbid that that happens. But you know what? Um, If you can... You know, just find that that center with inside yourself. Just like I said, I was fucking so happy with my life. You know, I was traveling around the world, you know, and, you know, taking my son all over the place and growing and hanging out with my girls. And I filled up my cup and realized who I was. And, and, you know, Nestor came into my life and he added to what I already had. And that is beautiful because then you fucking love your life. You love it. You're like, hell yeah. You're excited to wake up. You feel good. You love when he comes home. Like, dude, it's like when you find that person, it's because you found yourself. Definitely. And you know what? The beautiful thing about that is like the way that you're speaking is the way that I feel about relationships. Like for me, it's like your partner should be an asset to your life as well as you should be an asset to their life. How can you make their life better and how can they make your life better? That's what it should be. It's a partnership. Right. And people don't see it that way. It's always like, what can I get out of this person? Right. It's and just, it, you know, uh, it's, it's always like a, you know, pulling, pulling, but never giving. Yeah. And when you... It's a tug of war. Exactly. Exactly. And when you feel that way, like, hey, this is an asset to my life and how can I be an asset to his life? It, You'll thrive. Oh my God. You'll yeah. literally thrive. You'll be going in so many different directions. Mm-hmm. All right, so there you have it guys um this has been an amazing episode and kelsey i want to thank you a lot for bringing that amazing energy (laughs) no thank you um yeah so where can they find you um well i do have an instagram light of kells and i do have a website lightofkells.com um i do virtual readings all over the world i'm very thankful that i've gotten into multiple countries already which feels great because it is what I love to do. So, you know, I'm a text away, a DM away, a phone call away. All my stuff is on my page. You could find me through this amazing soul um, as well. But, you know, guys, I'm here to help. I am a nurse during the day. I love helping people. It's just my, it's my, it's my nature. Um, but you know, it is important. It is very important. My biggest thing is guys, please love yourselves, love yourselves because at the end of the day, that's what truly matters. Because when you lay your head on your pillow, you are with yourself and that's what counts. That's who's there. That's who's with you. And you need to love every single dimple, flaw, roll, you know, whatever you feel you have, you need to love every single aspect of it. And that is, that's the most important part. And I want to thank you, Louise. You know, this has been a beautiful, beautiful, I, I'm all hot, you know, (laughs) when spirit really starts to come in, I start to get all like, you know, hot and I'm like ready, like, oh, so we're going to do this for another like five hours. I'm like on a roll, you know, but you know, I think, you know, more to come. I think it's a, maybe, and you know, when we get time again, future base, we could talk about the Reiki. We could talk about, um, you know, the manifestating our energy, you know, our etheric body, our astral body. I mean, it's really important because it's all part of the healing process. Definitely. Definitely. I would love to talk about energy shifting. Oh yes. You, you know, cause that's something that I'm going through right now. Right. And also that kind of ties in with Reiki. Well, like, right. I just recently got, actually I got Reiki with you right <laughs> oh, now. Oh yeah. Right that, hold that jab earlier. <laughs> Yeah, so we just got finished with the Reiki session, and you know, I—that's uh, something that I love to do because it really balances me out. You know, it gets all that bad energy out. The first time you did Reiki with me, mm-hmm. were you surprised that you felt all the things that you felt? I, I was. Isn't yeah. it amazing? Yeah. When I, I can't. It, it's funny because my my boyfriend's never had a Reiki session done, and when people he'll come in and I'll get done with the session and he'll introduce himself, and they'll be telling him he's just like I, I was like I, I know you just have to experience once you experience it you realize how real energy really is yeah 
I, I believe it. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, just like faith um, or believing in your God, whatever it is. You know, you can't see it, but you can feel it. And that's what we're needing to touch up to when we talk about energy and, mm-hmm. and, and transformation of energy and projection is unwavering the faith, blind faith, and true faith. That is very important because God really does see it in three different ways. Mm-hmm. Blind faith wavering faith and true faith. And we all want to be in true faith. We don't want wavering faith because mm-hmm. that means inconsistency. Definitely. Definitely. With the Reiki, um, it's one of those things like, you know, if you haven't had it done, I highly suggest you guys to book it with Kelsey if you guys are local. Um, you know, it's, it's really weird. You can't really explain it. But you can't. You can't. But all I can tell you is it's crazy once you actually feel energy around you and good positive energy, you know, and that bad energy leaving your body. It's and the vibrations and the tingling yeah. sensations yeah. and the warmth. And do I, do I really put my hands everywhere? No, no I have no. specific locations, but you'll feel like I'll have like, Oh, someone was holding my hand. Well, now nah, I wasn't holding your hand, <laughs> you know, and you'll start to, you know, have spirit come through and we, you know, I almost felt like you were holding my hand. Um, oh, did I, you? No. I opened my eyes for like a second. I was just like, wait a minute. That's okay. <laughs> no, I wasn't holding your hand. Yeah, that's um, funny. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the first time that I got it, I, I think it might've been the first time that I got it this last time, right? Not this, not today, but the last time. That's yeah. my first time with right. Ricky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I came in with such bad energy that I had from like the breakup that I had and you know I was you were all over the place yeah I feel like I was just becoming someone that I wasn't and I was like I need to get this bad energy out and while you were performing Reiki on me I literally the whole time I felt at peace and like my face was like smiling and I was like kind of thinking to myself Think to myself, why am I smelling? You know, but it was just one of those things where it's just such a good feeling. It's a, it's like my good, good energy was right. coming back to me, right. and all the bad was out. Right. But anyhow, um, that's going to be another topic for another day. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys got some value out of this uh, podcast, go ahead and subscribe. You know, share it with your friends on social media. Please tag me at Luis Montoya Fit or Luis Montoya Official. And thank you for joining us. Thank you guys.